coming up on today's Next Fan Up podcast. We go to the only guy we could go to in the UK. He wasn't available. Oh, it's our good buddy, Nat Coombs. Here we go. Listen. Hello? We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You play to win the game. Next Fan Up. I want winners. Hello and welcome to the Australian edition of the Next Fan Up podcast. I am Pod Vader. That's a shout out to uh, old time, long standing joke here on the podcast with my wife heard English Simon, now retired, uh, Australian. Oh, when she first heard his voice. Uh, and we do have a great show lined up for you today. My guest this week is Nat Coombs of the BBC, the NFL coverage specifically of the BBC. And we're going to talk about the state of the NFL over in the UK and a few interesting insights about the growth of the NFL uh, over in Europe. Um, I think you're going to enjoy that one. And then after that, I will speak with Tim, who is our... Uh, Atlanta Falcons super fan took me a moment to think about that because I'm thinking about something that happened during the interview uh, and you'll find out what that is and you're just going to find that my mind is going going right down the toilet but in any case uh, we really hope that you're enjoying these shows let us know what you think about these shows by leaving us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this particular podcast I mentioned uh, Stitcher because we do have this one from Miller's arm, Brady Miller's arm uh, on Stitcher. It says funny, in-depth, unique info for teams and games. I've been listening to this for about a year now, and the knowledgeable superfans for each team are coordinated by a well-organized second-string Patriots superfan for in-depth discussion about each game, each team, and overarching themes in the NFL. As a fan of several teams, I like getting to hear what the fans of rivals think about why their team will best my own. Second-string Patriots superfan. How dare you Miller's arm I am more than second string uh, but anyway uh, that's the type of review that we like to see it was a five-star review which is fantastic um, but uh, you don't necessarily have to leave a five-star review or such a glowing review if you don't think that we're worthy of that please leave us a bad review we'll read those too um, because we can have fun with it uh, so iTunes Stitcher TuneIn AHA Radio anywhere where great podcasts are heard we want to hear from you and of course you can email us nextfanup at gmail.com or tweet us at NFU Podcast check out all of our previews on our website nextfanup.wordpress.com alright let's get to Nat Coombs all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there are no more London games, but uh, we always like to check in on the state of the NFL in England. And for that, I go to the only man that you could possibly go to when you're talking about the NFL in the UK, and that is Nat Coombs, the man who is behind the BBC uh, coverage of the NFL. Hello, Nat. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I thought you would team me up, Jay, for... Um... We go to the only guy we could go to in the UK. He wasn't available. So <laughs> that, that <laughs> <changes on>. yeah. <laughs> no, Nat, it's you, man. I, we, we were we were just briefly talking about this. There is no other person in England that you could talk to that is an expert on this game as it continues to grow. I, you're in a perfect spot. Like I'm reading all these articles about the state of the NFL in the UK and things are on the up. Over there, it almost sounds like I should move over there. Well, we should work a little on bit that. more credibility. Yeah, we'd have you over here in a shot. No, no worries. No problem about that. No, look, I am one of a number of people in the UK 
that is involved, you know, in the broadcast scene and beyond, you know, in the media. Uh, but it's great because things are absolutely on the up. And I've been, look, I've been lucky enough to be involved with the game professionally for for a long time, pretty much since the start of my um, uh, presenting career. I mean, I, you know, I didn't walk straight into a job, but, you know, I paid my dues. But when the, my first big break was was an NFL show, and that's a dream for me because I was a fan of it as a kid, you know. Um, and I've been lucky enough, you know, we've, we've talked about it before, but the rights move around a lot more frequently than they do in the US, you know. Um, the, the, the broadcast rights. I've moved around with them, which has been good. So I've covered it on Channel 5, Channel 4, um, which are the equivalent, you know, if you're not familiar, they're both terrestrial channels, so CBS or NBC or whatever. Um, and, of course, the BBC, which you guys will know, which I'm, which I'm doing the live games at the moment for. Um, but there are some other brilliant um, presenters and uh, particularly analysts, you know. I would... I would qualify myself very much as a host as an anchor and of course i've got to have a pretty strong knowledge of the game and what's going on and the history and everything else but when it comes to breaking down the x's and o's there are some brilliant people in in the business over here mike carlson who i've worked with for a very long time you should check him out on twitter and follow him um he's a brilliant guy at carlson sports um a lot of ex-players as well ocu manura um is a regular part of our live broadcast team on the bbc um and he's terrific uh, and going great guns and lots of others as well so it is uh it is a growing crew and um and i'm thrilled to be part of it listen i don't care who whoever it is uh from forever i will always refer to you as the expert of the nfl in london uh, well, uh, and i will reach out to you every year to do these state of the nfl in london so you know i can read articles all day and most of the articles i'm reading are uh, american based but it does sound like uh the sport is growing tremendously over there well you know what i, I think it is and and um as i said i've been involved with it about 10 years and when i first started covering it it still had a fan base, right? You know, it wasn't nothing, but it was it was very much a cult sport. Now, nobody would pretend it's it's going to supplant football, uh, you know, the Premier League as the big sport in the UK. It isn't, but it's absolutely rising as one of the major cult sports now. I mean, to put that in perspective, uh, the two main sports radio networks over here are BBC. They have a sports channel or a mania sports channel called Five Live and a five live extra to two sports channels and then talk sport, which is a commercial channel. And that has talk sport and talk sport two. I've got a, a weekly NFL show on talk sport two, you know, five, forget 10 years ago, three years ago, that was, wouldn't have happened. You know, I mean, I, I've covered NFL on the radio, but that's based around live games. This is just a weekly two hour studio show. And you, you know, they wouldn't have done that a couple of years ago. It just wouldn't have, it would have been laughed out of the room. Now it's, you know, now I've got a weekly slot. And um, on that show, it's a real mixture. You know, a lot of the big guns and bright lights from broadcasting NFL over here. I mentioned Mike uh, Paolo Bandini, who's a brilliant writer who writes for The Guardian and, and many others, uh, and, and some terrific guys, but also <clears throat> Greg Rosenthal, one of the top guys from NFL.com and around the NFL podcast. He's a regular guest every week on it. Um, and all kinds of people from from over in your neck of the woods connected with the game. So uh, you know Mike Tannier from uh, uh, from Bleacher and all kinds of really top top level journalists. And, and again, you know that's something that I think um, 
is testament to the credibility of the of the coverage over here and, and, and the knowledge of the fan base over here. You know, we don't dumb it down. We don't, uh, we, it's not as if, I think maybe sometimes people might assume that it's a, a curious thing for Brits to go and see and they don't really know what's going on. I mean, it, that couldn't be further from the truth. There is a really smart, literate fan base over here. You know, the one name I didn't hear was a Pod Vader on that radio show. Oh, Vader's at the top of every list, right? I mean, I should be. I should be. I'll, I'll get you on, man. You're too busy running media empires in, in all across the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> but, I am but, definitely not too busy running media empires. I am trying to create one, but that's beyond the point. Well, you're right. all, then we must do that. You're coming on the show. Done deal. Next, what are you doing Tuesday? Tuesday, well, we're recording it in the evening. Uh, GNT London time. So we'll work it out on email, right? I'm getting you on this coming Tuesday. It's a deal. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, let's, uh, yeah, let's get back to the NFL in England instead of my guest appearances on your radio show. Oh, I think your guest appearance is far more important. Um, <laughs> the, uh, all 17 games that have happened over in England have been sold out. Now, as I'm reading uh, articles, and we are talking about the NFL compared to Premier League. Yeah. Uh, while the ratings have doubled for the NFL over in England, they're still only at about 30 to 40 percent of what the ratings are for Premier League games. So, yeah. um, I mean, is, is, I, I suppose that's still looked at as a positive. But I mean, is that enough to bring a team over to London? I think that's misleading, uh, a misleading stat. Firstly, um, well, it depends, really. I, I mean, I guess you've got to look at the access to the network that you're talking about. The the international series games, you know, the games played over here, they are, uh, well, they're on the BBC, which is a, a, a network that, m- that most people have, right? But then a lot of the other games are on Sky Television, which is a, a, a cable network. And yeah, you know, obviously a fair amount of people have it, but much less than, than have the BBC. So automatically any games on there, um, are limited now. The Premier League is also on either Sky or another cable network called BT Sport. Um, so it, it kind of depends what what you're comparing here in terms of numbers. I mean, what I'm trying to say here is that the games that are shown on the BBC have a much closer rating, I would say, to the Premier League game shown on Sky or BT. But the games shown on Sky, the NFL games shown on Sky, are, are, are much lower. If there was a team over here, I would like to think that a deal would be done to broadcast a number, if not all of the games on on terrestrial television, which means I think that the viewing figures would be significantly greater. Also, the BBC has a highlight show, which is which OC is involved with, and uh, another brilliant presenter, a former NFL player called Jason Bell. Um, and it's uh, anchored by Mark Chapman, who's one of the top sports anchors over in the UK, one of the top football guys as well. And that's rating very highly. So um, I would say that it's definitely on the up, that's for sure. Also, you know, you've got to pay attention to other media. And, you know, there's, a, there's an interesting story I've, I've been reading about the decline in Sunday night football viewing figures this season. That's true with the Premier League over here. So I think mm. different generations are watching things in different ways and consuming their, their content differently. And, and podcasts, and you are Pod Vader, you are the... <laughs> the evil Lord Emperor of of all pod. Um, you know the score there that a lot of people um, will will you know download and listen to a, a pod. Uh, my sh- take my show, right? My radio show. Yep. I reckon a significant number of people have never actually turned on the radio to listen to it. They only listen to it as a podcast. 
Mm. Um, so I think you've got to look at the way that the, the, the media landscape is changing um, before, you know, bef- before you look at anything else. And I would say on that basis alone, the NFL is on the up and up in terms of consumption over here. I, uh, you know, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the, the rise of, of new media, uh, because we, we've seen that Thursday night football games in America are now on Twitter. Yeah, same uh, and, you know, and, and when you're talking about, you know, bringing, you know, sort of the sharing of the cultures, you know, Premier League soccer uh, in the United States is definitely on the up. Uh, it's similarly to the NFL in 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 Europe. Uh, but those games are on Saturday, which are non-rated days. <laughs> yeah, I. I reckon um, there are a lot of parallels for sure, I think, between between the Premier League and football, European football, the Premier League in particular, and the NFL, uh, in terms of the NFL over here and, and the Premier League over there. I don't think, and look, who knows, right? The NFL at the moment is, um, uh, you know, is it's difficult to predict where it's going to be in 20, 30 years. You know, lots of people have different theories mm-hmm. about that. But on the basis that it stays as the dominant sport, you know, popular sport, Nobody in their right mind thinks, I don't think the football is going to replace it. The soccer is going to replace it. It's the same over here. No one thinks that the NFL is going to be the most popular sport in the UK in 30 years, but it doesn't need to be, you know, in the UK, it is a bit of a different dynamic, I think, to the States that in the, in the States, um, you know, the NFL is, is king, but, you know, for a long time it was baseball and obviously the NBA has always been in there and hockey has, has got its core as well. In the UK, football is overwhelmingly the dominant week-in-week-out sport, yeah? And then rugby has its peaks, certain tournaments, um, often international ones. Similarly, cricket, you know, it's got, a, it's got a hardcore fan base, but it's really the big international games that, that draw, the, you know, draw the attention. Um, and, you know, things like tennis, everybody watches Wimbledon, golf, people watch the Ryder Cup and the Open. But the only thing that is always in the headlines week-in-week-out is football. Um, and so I think that it makes it an easier landscape for something like the NFL to jostle for position in the chasing pack and be like Formula One or, um, you know, boxing uh, or, uh, you know, any of the sports I mentioned before is, you know, a, a very solid popular thing without being the number one. So you guys have two more games uh, guaranteed two games a year up until 2027 next year. There's talk about uh, this increasing to maybe four games and yeah. three that it was already increased this year. Yeah. Um, I'm more interested though, in talking about the different venues. So most of these games have been in Wembley yeah. this year. Uh, they played in Twickenham yeah. and apparently uh, those funny fellas over in Tottenham, the Tottenham Hotspurs are building uh, yeah a stadium specifically with some NFL specifications uh, that should be ready in 2018 at the White Hart Lane. That's right. So, um, yeah, so so Spurs, Tottenham Hotspur, who know commonly as Spurs over here, are one of the big football teams in in the country. They're a London team. They're, I don't know, uh, four or five Premier League teams based in London at any one time, and they're, they're one of the biggest. Um, so that's a big deal, right? It's kind of the equivalent of, um, I don't know, who's uh, like, the, nah, that's a good example, really. Um, yeah, I mean, it, obviously, the, someone like, somewhere, somewhere like MetLife, I guess, you know, although this is a, not a brand new stadium, so a regenerated stadium 
like how Fenway got regenerated or, you know, um, uh, you know, taking a classic stadium and, um, uh, uh and soldier the- soldiers field, the, the bears, they've, yeah. they've never rebuilt their stadium, but they've, uh, they, they've built upon it. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, that's one of the big questions in football over here at the moment. My team West Ham had a famous ground, uh, called Upton park, which they've left and they've basically taken over the Olympic stadium, you know, the stadium that was built for the 2012 Olympics. And that, um, uh, and that is, um, you know, proven to be a real, um, <laughs> real problem for all kinds of reasons. Uh, but Spurs are building um, a, a brand a new stadium um, and it's going to have about 60,000 odd people in it. Yeah. Um, uh, and that is, as you say, customized for the NFL. So there are going to be lots of games held there. Uh, similarly, um, <clears throat> excuse me, similarly, uh, as you say, games held outside of Wembley at, um, Twickenham this season. Twickenham's the home of rugby, the big rugby stadium here. And I'll tell you what, Pod, it was a brilliant atmosphere. I mean, it was absolutely electric in there. And maybe it was just the change as well that was good for everybody, but it really felt, I think, arguably the best atmosphere I think I've seen out the International Series games. Mm. That's that's good to know, too. I think, um, you know, pretty much everything that's American ends up happening in Wembley Stadium. You know, Live Aid. Uh, although I yeah, guess that wasn't really American. It felt American though. Yeah. I saw they built there recently as well. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. I mean, uh, how do you see the NFL growing? I mean, do you see a team in your future? Uh, is is the possibilities really there, or is this still something that uh, you know is Roger Goodell's you know dream? Roger Goodell was a guest on my show actually. Uh, yep. that was pretty scary. Yeah. We suddenly got told, yeah, the commissioner's coming in and was brought into the booth. So, uh, yeah, I was on my best behavior for that. Um, I, and I asked him that question and, you know, of course he, as us Brits would say straight batted it, that's a cricket term, just kind of, you know, didn't kind of lead either way, particularly. I think there is a very real chance it will happen. Yeah, I really do. I'm actually more optimistic than I was maybe uh, you know, a year, two years ago, they're definitely stress testing it. And there are lots of complications. I think it's a win-win though for NFL fans over here, because if there isn't a team, I think there'll be eight regular season games played in Europe, you know, at, at the same time. In other words, if you said there was going to be a team by 2022, you know, five, six years, if there isn't, I think they'll be holding that many games. So while it's not quite the same as having your own team, I don't think many fans would care about that particularly because they would still get to see that, not many games that they wanted. And of course, you got to remember, most of them already have an NFL team, right? So right. Uh, it would be different. You know, people, people talk about this. You probably end up supporting the London team as well as, you you know, the Dolphins or the Bears or whoever you, your other team is. But, you know, that's not without its problems. So I think either or could happen still, but but either or is a, is a good situation. I don't think the NFL is going to retract from this course now. I think it's going to carry it on and increase it, if anything. How long is the Premier League season? Um, when does it start? When does it end? Uh, it starts the um, uh, in August. Kind of pretty gets earlier and every season, so it starts early August and then ends in May. So it's pretty much year round. You know, there's a couple of months when there isn't uh, oh. when there aren't games, but it's pretty much year that year round. Because my thought, my thought about expansion 
if this is going to work really well, because I'm reading a couple of different things about how how they could work out logistics, you know, have maybe a, a secondary home base in the States where they can, you know, train in the States and maybe play three or four games, three or four quote unquote away games, and then go back to England and play, you know, three or four home games in a row to really make it work out for them. I mean, the travel time from London to Seattle or London to LA, um, you know, which are literally on the opposite sides of the world almost, uh, you know, it's going to be pretty redonkulous for any team that going in either direction. Uh, and the closest yeah. team would be uh, my beloved Patriots, only eight hours away uh, from Boston to London. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I think I think that is one of the big concern, big questions, isn't it? You know, how, and I think, as you said, that's the solution is to play two or three games back to back in London and then go on the road for two or three weeks. And then, you know, and look, it's not without precedent. I mean, um, who's been in, uh, who's in, there's a team, I can't remember off the top of my head without the fixture in front of me, or schedule in front of me, but there's a team that has been in Florida for, stayed in Florida. So the Raiders. Whoever, oh, there was the, yeah, the Raiders. There you go. So I know that the journey isn't as far, but you know, the idea of, of teams going on the road and also, you know, Seattle to California and you know there's some big journeys across the states as well right so I um you know obviously west coast of London is a real schlep but you know New York Philly any of the east coast teams in particular um over to London it's it's you know it's like crossing America really so but you're right I think that's that's one of the big challenges See, to me, I'd be more curious to see not only how is the game growing in in London and in the UK, but how is it growing in Europe overall? And then maybe creating a European league uh, to compete with the American league at some point. There used to be that, of course. There used to be NFL Europe. Um, Well, but that was like that was like preseason. That was like spring, the minor league football. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was a beating, definitely. But but, um, I think it's fair to say that the NFL is popular, if not in totality across Europe, but certainly in, in a number of countries is very big in Germany. Um, in fact, you know, whenever we're covering a game live from, from Wembley or you know, wherever we're doing this, the game from, th- there's always a German crew there that's paid to come over is doing a live broadcast from it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's got a, a growing following in Australia, of course, as well. We have some of the, uh, uh, Australian guys on our on our radio show. The now World. that is halfway across the world for both of our countries. Yeah, big time. I think, <laughs> I think we've probably got a long time before there's a franchise in Australia. Pod, uh, to be totally honest, but that said, you know the the possibility of a regular season game over there. Of course, there's a baseball game played in Oz not not that long mm-hmm. ago. I, I could see it happening. You know, there's talk of a game in China, isn't there? And um, you know, I could see the NFL moving all over the world with with games that are regular season games it's it's gonna be it'll be interesting to watch how they do this by the way that i think i saw something on the china thing that uh some of the logistics have broken down for a china game but uh they are playing in mexico uh later on this month yeah Um, so we'll see we'll, we'll see what that's going to be like they have obviously played mexico city before but uh uh this is this is being an addition to the international series, as they're calling it. Nate, Nat, Nate, I called you Nate. Oh, it's a Freudian slip. I saw rabbits, Nate rabbits. He came to London over the summer. We had a, we had a beer. I saw that. I saw that. Nat, where can people find you? Um, Usually having a beer with Nate rabbits. (laughs) Ah, Well done. 
On Twitter, I'm on Twitter at Nat Coombs. That's C W O M B S Nat Coombs. Uh, my radio show is it's a podcast, as I said earlier, so you can listen to that. It's called, it's a very original title, The NFL Show. It took, mm. took us hours to come up with that one. Uh, NFL Show, Talk Sport 2. So if you go on iTunes or usual, uh, all the usual podcatchers all over the place, uh, search The NFL Show. Um, I link to it on my Twitter as well. Um, and yeah, uh, all, uh, all kinds of other stuff. I do quite a lot with Bleacher Report as well. So if you're a fan of, uh, and that's football, not, not NFL, I do with Bleacher over here. So if you're a football fan, catch me on Bleacher a lot and all over the place, wherever. Whoever will have me prod. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. By the way, one our our Washington Redskins super fan is a Scotsman. Uh, he uh, has all sorts of na- nasty things to say about London. So, do you have any nasty things to say about Scotland? Not a not a not a bit. Not a bit. I love I love our Scottish brothers and sisters. Um, I wouldn't be stupid enough to get into a get into a war of words with the Scots. <laughs> oh, come on! I really wanted to start. I really wanted to start something. All right. Uh, what I would suggest is next time he's on, ask him how well Scottish clubs have done in the Champions League compared to English clubs over the past 20 years. See how he, uh, see how he responds to that. Mm, I, I have a feeling it's, it's going to be in the negative. Yeah, but uh, You'd be right. You'd be right. <laughs> Nat, always a pleasure to catch up with you, and uh, we should definitely do it more often. We must do, man, and I'm getting you on my show. It's a done deal pod, so email me, and we'll get that locked down for sure. Cheers to Nat Coombs. Uh, I can't believe it, it. Maybe it's just me and name. I called him Nate. Uh, it's just uh, anyway. One person's name that I do remember like it's my own. That is BetDSI.com because they're the sponsor of this fantastic podcast. And you can place all your wagers uh, like some of our super fans do at BetDSI.com. And when you place that first deposit, you're going to get a 100% bonus and use our promo code FANUP10 to get an extra $10 on top of that. So you can place wagers on all the major sports, not just the NFL, but baseball, basketball. Uh, They also have entertainment wagers, surfing, uh, cricket and whatnot. I'm pretty sure Neil is going to come with us and uh, let us know what's going on in the surfing world uh, on tomorrow's podcast. So place your wagers at betdsi.com. Use our promo code FANUP10. Get that extra 10 bucks and enjoy. All right, let's go. We got a Thursday night football game to preview. All right, it's time for our Thursday night uh, football super fan battle, but we do not have a Tampa Bay Buccaneers super fan currently. So Tim, our Atlanta Falcons super fan, is flying solo here with me, uh, and I cannot pretend I'm a Tampa Bay uh, Bucks super fan, Tim. So it's pretty much a one sided affair here. I will say Tampa Bay's uniforms before they changed them again with that little like orange piping and computerized numbers, they did have the best unis in the league for quite, well, for a couple of years at least. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about that. I've never thought that Tampa Bay's uniforms look that good. Red, Brown, orange doesn't matter. I, I just can't get behind it. It's gross. Well, I mean, I, I dig the Jolly Roger flag connected to the sword. It's pretty cool looking. And red is, quite possibly the best color in the NFL to wear. I mean, you guys have red and black unis, so uh, you guys we are in the We have red up. and white. We wore the black and we ended up losing, so let's not bring the black back again this year. <laughs> All right. That said, my former boyfriends seem to be doing a pretty good job of 
trying not to do exactly what they did last year. Uh, but uh, there was a little bit of worry before this past week uh, and a big comeback victory against the Packers. So what was the difference besides Mohamed Sanu? I mean, Matt Ryan is playing out of his mind right now. Like, I don't know what the story is. He says he's getting more sleep, and if that's what it is, then I guess I need to start going to bed earlier so that I can be better at my job too. But, I mean, he's playing phenomenally well. Uh, Vic Beasley's starting to come into his own. He's got like seven and a half sacks right now, I think, which is top five in the league. Um, so, you know, there's just like a couple pieces that are, you know, starting to put together years where we kind of expected them to. And, you know, we're talking about two, you know, top 10 picks uh, when we took them. So it's nice to see that the investment that we were, we're making in players and that we have made in players is finally paying off. Now, as well as you guys are doing on offense, you're doing just as poorly on defense. Uh, to a certain extent. Like, I feel like we do enough on defense for the most part. And when you're up 17, most defenses start playing a little bit more lax. Um, you know, when the games are close, the defense is playing tough. You know, going into halftime of this last uh, week, I was texting with a friend of mine. I was like, we just need them to punt twice. They punted twice and we ended up winning. So it, it's, it's one of those things where we don't need the defense to be great as long as the offense keeps playing the way that they're playing. And, I mean, you can, you can make it to a Super Bowl playing this type of uh, football. Whether or not we can win it playing this type of football is yet to be seen. I mean, you're, you're doing pretty good against the run. It's, it's the pass defense that's really let you down. You're, you're down at the bottom of the league in terms of yards allowed. Yeah, I mean, Ricardo Allen, our free safety, he's a converted corner. It's his second year in the position. He's not good. And, you know, offenses are able to pick apart the deep middle where he's sitting, and, you know, they know that there's going to be a vacancy right there. So we've got one good corner in Desmond Trufant. We have one okay corner in Robert Alford, who finally had a good game and didn't have a, an egregious pass interference uh, penalty on him. So if they can put it together, then, you know, they tend to play pretty well. But it's just we're just not at the point where we can cover everybody. The defense is still too young. So what are your expectations going against the Buccaneers here? Short week, you're on the road. Yeah, short week. I didn't like seeing that our game was flexed to 430 last weekend, knowing that we have the short week upcoming. I know it's three hours, but another three hours for Julio Jones and Tevin Coleman to get healthy, I will take that three hours every single day. Um, now, also saying that, we've never beaten Jameis Winston. So I don't know if that's like an omen that we're going to lose again, but I, I don't know what it is about these games against division rivals. I'm always incredibly nervous because I feel like we're so good at just choking away games that we should win. And this is a game that we should win. I don't know who's playing running back for the Buccaneers. I don't know if they're even going to have most of their playmakers on defense. I can't even tell you who besides uh, Brent Grimes is even going to show up on the defensive side. But it doesn't matter. Some some mistake is going to happen, and then we're going to end up losing another division game because that's just what we do. So let's talk a little bit about your division because the Panthers are not at the top, which many people thought they would maintain their position from last year. You guys are uh, at five and three. Tampa Bay and New Orleans are tied for second at three and four. So this is a big division game uh, with many ramifications. If you come away. The winner, it would look like this is your division to lose. If you come away the loser, looks like everybody's still in it. Yeah, um, I feel like for the NFC South, every team is always in it until the end because every team in this division will have moments of greatness and moments where they're just complete idiots. 
we've all, we've all had seasons where we come out to huge leads and then have like a four game losing streak. And you're just like, what is happening in the South? Um, you know, besides, you know, last year in 2012, like I can't think of any year that one team really just ran away with it. So, you know, it, it, it always makes me nervous playing in this type of thing, but it makes it more exciting, gives it more of that college football feel where you're like, anybody can win at any point. Um, but I, I'd really like to see the Falcons just start pulling away with this. Uh, but, I, again, I don't, I don't know. Like, where we're sitting right now, we'd like to think that the Panthers are completely out of it, but I can't say that they are because every team in this division has the capability to just do stupid things. And we're playing against some tough teams. I mean, we, you know, for the Falcons, we still have Arizona, who looks like they're starting to turn things around, you know, even though they lost. And then you have uh, Kansas City upcoming too, who's what six and two. So, you know, there, there's teams that are still on the schedule that could surprise people. Well, I think you guys are looking good for this Thursday. I mean, you mentioned the injury bug that's uh, certainly making uh, or ravaging the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you guys are dealing with a little bit of an injury bug as well, but you still have one of the two-headed monster at running back uh, for sure, and Julio Jones most likely is going to play, right? Yeah, Julio practiced yesterday, says he's good to go. He's going to be in the injury report regardless. Uh, like I said last week when I was talking to Brian, Julio Jones is our Tom Brady. He's going to be on the injury report every week, even if there's nothing wrong with him, just so people have like a little bit of hope on the opposing defense that they might not have to go up against him. And as far as Tevin Coleman for us, apparently he's um, going through a running drill today to find out if he's ready to run. He has his strength back, but they just want to see if he can run and make cut to where he's healthy enough to play. And if he is healthy enough to play, I think that we end up winning this game. But I'd also like to see Dwight Freeney get a little bit more healthy. I think he has a torn labor right now. And when we lost to the Buccaneers in week one, we did not have Dwight Freeney. And when he's in on one side and Vic Beasley on the other, it's a completely different defensive line than it is in any other formation. You know, I mentioned Mohamed Sanu earlier. Uh, I want to sort of revisit that. It seemed like last week was his coming out party, but he's really been there for you all season. It's just last week, those yards actually meant something. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been good enough. Uh, you know, as a number two receiver, you're not asking for a whole lot. Julio's going to get 1,500 to 2,000 yards. He's going to fall somewhere in that area. The tight ends are going to, you know, collectively get about 1,200. If the number two can be somewhere in the 700 range and then Justin Hardy and Taylor Gabriel split another 700 between them, then we're going to be fine. Now, can Muhammad Sanu stop dropping the ball is my question. So I just feel like he has so many that are close or just off his hands. And some of that could fall to Matt Ryan. He's not the most accurate passer. He has been better this year. But, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more hands from Muhammad Sanu. All right, prediction on this game. What's this, how's it oh, going to go down? I want to say that we win big, just because that, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do, being the Falcon <laughs> super fan. But I'm going to say we win another close one, and we're down 31-28, and then get another touchdown, 35 to 31 Falcons. Mm. You know, I mentioned this in our Slack group earlier uh, before we recorded this, and we'll probably talk about it again on the Thursday preview, but. You know, the teams in that top 15 of the NFL this year, I, I think everybody's really, everybody's got questions and everybody's still in it. Uh, it seems to me like parody has finally arrived in the NFL, and I don't think we like it. We we might have thought we wanted it, but I don't think we like it. No, I was thinking that myself when I was looking at the uh, ESPN power rankings coming into this. Like, in, in, the Falcons are rated nine 
above them are three teams that they've beaten in Oakland, Denver, and Green Bay. And then Seattle was just above them as well in another game that we should have won. So, like, I feel like, you know, for the Falcons' perspective, absolutely parity is involved because you, you're looking at these power rankings and you know, seeing where these teams that we played against are. And it's, just, it's absolutely crazy to think that some of these games we ended up winning. But, man, it, it, it's so scary, you know, looking forward and knowing that, I mean, I want to say our last two weeks of the year are uh, New Orleans and Carolina, and I think we're away for uh, Carolina. So it should be interesting, to say the least. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm always so nervous being a Falcons fan. I kind of hate it. Like, it, it adds, like, a layer of stress to my life that I don't necessarily need. But, you know, I'm on board, I guess. Uh, here I am rambling. I'm so stressed out about this. This is dumb. You know, though, but looking at let's, – let's look at the end of your season schedule because you're right. You are at Carolina – uh, for Christmas Eve, and then you are home versus New Orleans on New Year's Day. Uh, but before that, you will be at the Los Angeles Rams of St. Louis and then hosting uh, the San Francisco 49ers. So I think you're going to be A-OK going into the end of the season. I mean, we'd like to think that, but this offensive line could turn into the offensive line that's old, and the Rams just absolutely demolished Matt Ryan. That's not outside the realm of possibility. The Saints fans travel very well to Atlanta, so that last, quote, home game may not even be a home game. So, I don't know. The only game I feel confident about is the 49ers, and for all I know, Colin Kaepernick is going to lose his mind like he did against us in the playoffs in 2012. Come on, the last regular season game in in the Georgia Dome? You can't get up for that? I mean, come on. Dude. We can't get up for any game in the Georgia Dome. Jay, I'm telling you, come to, come to Atlanta. I'll take you to a game. You wear whatever jersey you want, and I guarantee you you're not the only person wearing that not Falcons jersey. There's still people. I see more Michael Vick jerseys in the Georgia Dome than I do Julio Jones jerseys, and it's really starting to grate on me. I will tell you, on ESPN.com, they do have a link you know, to go and buy tickets via StubHub. Uh, there are still over 10,000 seats available. For that game versus New Orleans. Yeah, one out of six of them are available. That's it, it, It's unnecessary and just disappointing and slightly insulting. But, I mean, realistically, I wouldn't want to go to the Georgia Dome either. It's a dump. Can't <laughs> wait for the new stadium. <laughs> All right, that is Ryan. He is the Atlanta Falcons super fan. My name is um, Tim. Tim, Ryan, you know. Come on, man. I've been doing this with you for three years now. (laughs) Don't you understand? That's my thing. I now forget super fans that are on the show, and then I call them by the wrong name. And like we have met in real life, Jay. Yeah, I'm. I'm well aware, Ryan. (laughs) Uh, It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Hey, at least you're not Australian. Uh, All right, that is Tim. He is our Atlanta Falcons super fan, Tim. Thank you for previewing the Thursday night game. I'm, by the way, in total agreement with you. I believe the Falcons will come away with the victory in this one. And I do think it's an important one for your team, uh, the way that the, you know, the rest of your season schedule plays out. Uh, so go and get that victory and then uh, make it happen. Get in those playoffs. Absolutely. Have a good one, Jack. All right. Thank you, Tim. If you want to be that Tampa Bay Buccaneers super fan, all you have to do is send us an application to nextfanup at gmail.com. We'd love to have one. Uh, we do have a super fan for most of the teams, the Buccaneers, the Lions. Uh, those are two teams that I know are still looking for one. Tennessee is our other team. Uh, so three teams currently without a super fan to represent them. Uh, so if you're out there, we want you 
on here talking with us about your team next fan up at gmail.com you can tweet us at nfu podcast we do have lots of fun there and of course all of our written previews all the super fans put up their own team by team preview for the upcoming week's games you can find those either on our facebook page or you can go now to our website www.nextfanup.com dot wordpress.com not only will you be able to see our previews there you'd see some of our slack conversations this week we had a conversation about the jamie collins trade to the cleveland browns we'll talk a little bit more about that on tomorrow's podcast Uh, you can also get our fantasy h-a-w-t hot takes Uh, so we'd want to hear from you want you to check all out check out all of our great content and with that i leave you until tomorrow with jeff fisher there you have it. Well, I think we learned today that, um, you know, this game is four quarters long. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.